What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, February twenty second, twenty twenty four. You are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com and anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Remember, always use your head. I'm going to go around the room here, introduce this cast of characters. We are back to a regular three man show tonight. Back this week from assignment and run ins and whatever else he had going on last week. This is a man hailing from Purple Haze and Cloud Nine. He's Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, uh, how are you this week? I'm wonderful. How are you, boys? Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm going I'm to introduce the, uh, the rest of the show here. <laughs> from the Rob the Genius podcast, he is the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data. The official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob, sir, welcome back. Well, good to be here, and I'm a little under the weather here. I caught a bit of a cold this week, so. Ugh, it's a bad I'm, week for everybody, yeah. man. Well, cause, man, look, Maryland weather is horrible. It, it's, it is just, it is consistently inconsistent, and especially around this time of year, because you will get 50 degrees one day, and you think, you're, you're okay, we're doing okay here. And then you go outside the next morning, and, and nobody told you it was only going to be 35 that day. And <laughs> and that sounds like Florida, man. And, uh, and, I, and it's so funny because I hear that. And I'll let you finish in just a sec. I hear that, and I automatically think Florida. Go ahead. I'll I'll finish my thought in a minute. Yeah. So because um, this is like this is like a meme because it's passed around sometimes like the different seasons in Maryland, and then like a couple, couple of times there's like fake spring. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, it happens, you get up to 50 and you might be 50 for a couple of days and then you go back outside and then the next day you think, and then that, that day it's 35 and, and you can just go outside for a few minutes even and just, you know, take the trash can out back or something. And then later on that day, you start feeling congested and it's like, oh shit, it got me again. Yeah, we we deal with that here in Florida, man. We'll have a couple of days like this week has been up and down. The weekend was hot, like when and when I say hot, it got into the eighties. And then the last two days was like a low of forty three, low to forty five this morning. I think it's supposed to be forty seven or fifty tomorrow morning, and you know back up to seventy by Sunday, and then back down into the forties. But so I always associate that type of bipolar weather with Florida. I, are you close to the coast? 
Is Baltimore coastal or relatively um, coastal? Sort of like well, it's, it's it's like right on off. Because right, it's right on there's a harbor, you know, Baltimore. It's like right on. It is on the water. <clears throat> right. So, it, but it's not like the ocean. It's like it's what Maryland shaped funny, and it's but so Baltimore okay. is on the water. Yes. And okay. um, so we get yeah we get we get a lot of that tropical stuff, you know. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah, this week has been weird for me, man. Work has been a, a nightmare for months, really. But this week was really bad. Speaking of people being sick, I've had, you know, between COVID and the stomach flu and various other just whatever crap is going around. I have been short staffed for about three weeks, and I mean multiple people. Usually, it's like one here, one there. It's been multiple people taken out over the last three weeks, and I was so exhausted. I got up yesterday morning and I made my breakfast and I, I found this recipe on TikTok and it's it's very simple and I don't know why I never thought of it before. I usually eat scrambled eggs in the morning and then some type of like cereal or I'll have a couple pieces of toast or something. But I found this recipe on TikTok and basically you scramble your eggs, you put them in the pan, you cook them about halfway, then you slap a tortilla on top of it. You let it cook a little bit more, then you flip it to where the tortilla is on the hot pan, the eggs are up, and you put your toppings in it. You, I put... Uh, like smoked turkey and uh, some cheese in there. Then you fold it in half and you cut it and you eat it almost like a like a quesadilla, like an egg quesadilla type thing. So Wednesday morning, I get up and I do my thing and I'm making my tortilla and I do the whole thing and I put the toppings in there and I realize as I'm trying to flip it, I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? I was totally, I, I cooked the eggs, I put the tortilla in and then I just started putting the toppings right on top of the tortilla instead of flipping it and putting them egg side. And so I ended up having like a, tortilla turkey cheese omelet um, <laughs> which was it, it tasted fine but it was a mess to try and eat um and then i almost did it again this morning and i because i'm so i'm so freaking tired and i'm just freaking cooked from this week and everything i just i don't know what ends up i'm in a foul mood that mood is going to be reflected in tonight's episode um i am the more man with the aware see i can't even talk the man with the award-winning and holy beard. Let me get my thoughts together. Let me collect. Goosefaba. Okay, we're collecting. We're collecting. And there we are. Because tonight, folks, we are going to have a discussion. We are going to have a discussion with the IWC about its attitude, about the tribalism, about a lot of things. And we're going to start off with the O'Shea Jackson interview and some things that he said about AEW and about the wrestlers on AEW and his discussion about the reactions that he gets online when he asks who certain wrestlers are and somebody either gets nasty and bombards him or they hit you with the old Google it. And I'm, we all collectively, and I'm going to let Jason start because I think Jason's got the most heated um, opinion on the Google it thing. Oh, Bob, um, let me just let me interject really quickly. Go right ahead, Rob, because you yeah. probably have more information than I well, just gave. Just, just to let everybody know, O'Shea is not like he's not a one-sided e-drone. He goes to all different types of companies' shows. So, you know, and he <laughs> so he he goes to different shows in different places, and so he's not he's not one of these people who only watches one thing. Just and to, was he on Chris? Who was he on? Wasn't Chris Van Vliet, was it? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. It was Chris Van Vliet. Okay, it was on Chris Van Vliet. I, I thought it was, but I couldn't remember for sure. But uh, yeah, so he and he really doubled down on social media and the engagement of the internet wrestling community on social media. And Jason, 
why don't you take over? Because like I said, I think you've got the most heated um, opinion on this. Well, the Google it thing really pisses me off because, okay, I, one of my things that I try to do, even in our online and just, you never, like, one of, um, one of his name escapes me for some reason, one of my favorite comedians, because uh, I'm on the spot. Um, but uh, anyway, there's a skit about there's no distance anymore between knowing, not knowing something and knowing something. Like you'd never walked or, like when DJ and I were kids and when, as this comedian said, if somebody said, where's, you know, where was Bruce Springsteen born or, you know, whoever. And if you didn't know, you just didn't know. And you, until you had to find somebody who actually knew, you went to a library and looked it up. Right. So now I appreciate the fact that we can gain information like this at the, you know, drop of a hat. And I can, if someone says like, oh, Okada's coming to w, wherever, WWE, AEW. And I, for some reason, don't know who Okada is. Yes, I can Google it. And I can look up, oh, he's an IWGP champion. He's won the... You know, the G1, he's done this, he's done that, he's done done this. Okay, but you know what? I watched Wrestle Kingdom one time at 2 in the morning or whatever because I had a couple of friends who liked wrestling who were like, man, this Kajutsuko Okada guy is the bee's knees. You should check him out, among other people, of course. So, and, I've, and one of the things that I've always tried to do is and Rob and DJ can attest to this as well as our greater group chat. Is I always try to, I'm always going to Google it, guys. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to Google it and I'm going to find out everything there is to know about it. What if I'm curious about it? But what I try to do first is I have a group chat with DJ and a couple other people, and obviously Rob, and I have a group chat with my high school best friends, like my other brothers. If it's something that I know that these guys are interested, one of these guys or gals, I'll ask them first. You know why? Because I want to hear them talk about it because I want to hear them get excited about it. And I want to hear them not sell me on it, but why are they excited? Because I know how their brain, their brain works because they're one of my friends. So if if they talk to me in their language, I'll get like, okay, I get it. And then I'm going to Google it and I'm going to find out the, his birthplace and his, and, you know, his uh, uh, Zodiac sign and all and his finishing move and his signature move and all that good stuff. But guys, the whole point of this social media thing is actually human interaction. And yes, it has been co-opted by corporations and all that good stuff. And I'll get into the, you know, we'll, we'll save the cyberpunk discussion for another day. But at the very least, it's created connections like Rob and DJ and I have. So when you like you literally as a fan base, you repeatedly repel people away by when they are asking folks like because I. I think, yeah, if you're if you're on social media asking people, you know, if you're taking a Twitter poll, like adding random people be like, oh, tell me about this guy. Well, yeah, that's weird. But asking your your Twitter followers, who I mean, some of them who I would imagine would be your friends, you know, about hey, have you heard of this guy? That's that's normal human <clears throat> conversation, everyone. And I encourage you all to do it a lot more. 
because it sounds like, and I know from experience of interacting with some of you, that it is lacking in a lot of your lives. So go out, talk to a human that you like about a topic you don't know about that they might, and maybe you'll learn something new. So that's where I'm at with the Google it thing. Thank All you right. for having me, having me a little rant. Rob, you got anything here? Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of anything that I like first learned about by you know, like, you know, obviously we all predate Google. You know, there was a, there was a time where we had this thing called encyclopedias, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but like all the really cool stuff that I've learned more about, I didn't do it by running to an, an encyclopedia to find out about it first. Like, you know, somebody, a friend mentioned that they recommended something or told me about it or, um, you know, and again, like, you know, the first part of social media is social, right? I mean, social as in socialize, as in talk to other people, like Jason was saying. Um, and like, it's no different. Like if, if, okay, if, if I, you know, if, all right, well, like DJ likes, uh, you're a metalhead, right? Yes. I'm more of a R&B-ish rock fan or classic rock type of fan. Okay. Um, if I were to ask him about, like, if I were to ask you about well, what's, what's good from, you know, Megadeth and you just said, and you told me to Google it, you know, you know, that that's kind of irritating, right? Or, you know, I mean, a friend, like a friend of mine in college was like, used to listen to Jimi Hendrix, right? And, you know, and, and so I heard him listen to Jimi Hendrix and I asked about it. And he named some songs. And you're like, yeah, listen to this, try this. And if you like that, well, here's some other, here's some other people who sound like Jimi Hendrix. Um, you know, I mean, he didn't say, hey, man, go look that shit up yourself. You know, I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and now where this pertains to pro wrestling is we have, we have two big companies. And one of which very badly needs to reach people beyond its bubble. And well, I mean, everybody wants to reach, should want to reach beyond their, whatever their bubble is, but one has a glaring need to, to try to reach beyond harder to reach people beyond their bubble. And people outside of your bubble are not that interested in doing all the, their curiosity is not to the level where they're going to, start looking up everything all right you know they might they might see somebody that, that catches their interest like for example you know somebody who our age they might they might flip, they might turn a dynamite for a few minutes and they might, or they might see christian on their you know when they're flipping channels and they remember christian from the attitude there and they say oh okay well christian's on this show oh wow he's still going okay um who else is here and they might ask you that, right? Well, who else is good here? Oh, and you're going to tell them to go Google it? No, <laughs> right? Uh, no, not shouldn't. if you're passionate about AEW as a fan. Right, or well, if, if somebody sees Chris Jericho and they remember him, you know, oh, he's still going, okay, or Edge or Sting, right? Hey. Or, I mean, or the Hardys, mm-hmm. you know, any one of those guys who are still going and well, who's that guy? You know, who's that guy that um, 
know, who's the guy that Christian is feuding with? Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, or, you know, there's some guy who, uh, who he was fighting, he got in a fight with somebody last night. But, and like, well, who's that guy? And if you tell them, you know, and then if they tell you just, well, you need to go Google it. I mean, they're going to tell you to buzz off and then they probably won't watch it anymore. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, to encapsulate um, what you just said, as consumers, we are also promoters. And if we're really fans of a product or a wrestler or a brand, wouldn't you want to talk about that? Wouldn't you want to engage with other people who might like it? You know, oh, you got to really watch this show on Saturday night. Dynamite or uh, a Collision is knocking it out of the park. It's awesome. Well, who's on it? I don't know. Google it. Like, that's the worst kind of promotion for this thing that you love. Yeah, and it's like, um, like, 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 I don't know why. Go ahead, Jason. Like, think about when someone asks about something you would like, you like, and how excited you get. Like, I don't know, example, in our little group chat with, when someone asks or mentions or says something about Star Wars, you might as well have tossed a ribeye to me and Rob. And we just become little sociable, little like, oh, well, let's talk all about this. And we, you know, want to flex our muscles and talk about something we love. And it's okay. And everyone indulges us because they're wonderful people. And they're our friends. You know what those are? People, listeners at home? Of course you do. Of course you do. You're a listener of this podcast. Of course you I'll, I'll take it one step further. This podcast exists because we reached out to each other, you know, because Rob and I started a dialogue on Twitter and I'm sure Rob had a dialogue with Jason, had a dialogue with Maddie, with Jay, with Nick, with all the other people that are in that. And and then this podcast became a thing. I got into podcasting because Rob was into podcasting and I had a lot of questions for Rob. How'd you get started? What platform are you using? What equipment do you have? And Rob never once looked at me and said, well, I don't know, Google it. You know, he gave me advice. He's like, look, I'm on Anchor. He's like, this is what I do. I put out, you know, X amount of content for, and he really gave me a lot of advice. And then, you know, other people that I've kind of cherry picked ideas and and, and, and nuggets of information from, I got from them by asking, yeah, it would be very simple for me to grab my phone. Okay, how do I set up a podcast? How do I do that? Would have been very simple, but it's not very social. And, you know, Rob, at this point, and I were, were developing what would become a good friendship. And, you know, we and this is how we ended up on this ride together. And, you know, the, then moving even more forward from that, this podcast now exists on the ChairShot Radio Network. And when Greg DeMarco first reached out to me, I saw the name floating around there simply because Rob had done some writing for them. And he had introduced me to Ray Cash, who was doing, you know, his stuff with them. So I'd seen the name, but I didn't know anything about him. And, you know, Greg reached out to me and said, hey, what, yeah, I like what you guys are doing. Why don't you guys come join the, the ChairShot Radio Network? I didn't fucking Google ChairShot Radio Network. I asked questions. I talked to Rob, who I knew had dealt with Greg, who had dealt with, you know, the, the, the whole ChairShot um, network. And then I talked to Ray, who, again, had been in it a bit longer than Rob. And from there, we met, you know, AJ and Tony and just everybody all associated with that. So from there, it it was never a thing where I just Googled Greg DeMarco and, and, and I learned what I wanted to learn through those social interactions. And that's it's so sad to me that 
people dismiss the conversation as quickly as they do, because a lot of times that's all I want to have is a conversation with somebody who might be interested, like somebody will throw something online, like a comic book or something that they read 25 years ago. I'm like, well, what what issue was that? What year did that come out? I could Google it, but I want to have a comic book conversation with somebody online who posted something that looked interesting to me. And it's the same thing with wrestling. Why should I give a shit about Okada? Why should I care? Google them. Google doesn't tell me anything. Why do you personally like Okada? Why is it a big deal for you that he's coming to the United States? Sell me on that idea. Google's not going to sell me. All Google's going to tell me is all the championships he's won and what year he was his rookie year and how old he is and how many kids he has and, you know, whether or not he shaves his head. I don't know. But why you are a fan, I cannot find on Google. And, and that especially, especially goes when you tell people that, well, you know, well, these, this guy is the best and you need to be watching him. Okay, well, why do I need to be watching him? Well, because he's the best. Well, what about him? What about him is so great? Google it. I mean, like, if, if you want, if you're trying to get me to watch something because you think it's the best version of whatever it is we're watching, whether it's pro wrestling or a, you know, police show or movie or, a, you know, album or whatever, if, if you think I should be watching it or listening to it or playing it, because 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 you think it's the best version of whatever, and I ask you a few simple questions as okay, well, what's you know again, why should I check this out, right? If I tell you know if I tell somebody, well, man, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the best band you know out there, and if you ask me, well, why do you think that? I mean, I'm not going to tell you what you mean. You just need to go go get on Spotify and listen and find out for yourself. No. I'm going to tell you, well, because, like, they, you know, they have maybe the best bass player out there right now. Flea is one of the best bass players ever. And, and just listen to his bass lines when he's playing, you know, and listen to that part of it. And you'll, you'll, it's really great. Right. Um, I guess, I mean, if, if your only answer to somebody is to tell them to Google it, and just don't answer them at all. I mean, it's Twitter. You don't have to answer anybody. Okay. It's lazy. It really is lazy. <laughs> You know my answer to what's going to be from now on? Touch grass. Touch grass. Google it, touch grass. And and touch grass is something that the entirety of the internet wrestling community needs to do. And I I, want to kind of preface this with something that we talked about privately. Uh, AEW, what was it? Uh, Dynamite was on last night. And Wardlow gave a cut of promo. And this has been kind of the topic du jour amongst the Chairshot Radio Network on Twitter, privately, you know, things like that. In his promo, he referenced how he buried CM Punk and went on to talk about how CM Punk still hasn't recovered and he's still broken from the beating that he gave him. Okay. And myself, Greg DeMarco, and maybe a couple others really chimed in on how exhausting it is that AEW, four years in now, is still referencing WWE its superstars in some way or another. And uh, Rhea Ripley talked about Max Caster recently in an interview. And she was talking, I guess Max went out and had a, a freestyle rap or a promo or something about Dom and Rhea. And, and Rhea was like, look, you're doing us all the favors here, buddy. Cause if you're talking about us, people are going to want to tune in and they're going to want to see what you're talking about. 
And that's every reason why you don't do it. And, you know, Jason had some very understandably honest and, quite frankly, correct thoughts on, like you said, myself and, and, and Greg thought it was ridiculous. Jason, go ahead and share your thoughts on this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to counter. Sure. So I'm going to come to the defense of Wardlow because the promo wasn't terrible, and he wasn't picking – so here's the thing. He's not picking some random guy out of a hat. He's not just saying Sami Zayn sucks. Okay. No, he ran CM Punk out of town, and CM Punk is still broken from the beating I gave him. Okay, this isn't... I'm, I'm, I'm going to tip my cap. I hate this fucking... Because I'm going to tip my cap to... Punk. I'm going to put over Punk. I'm going to put over... Well, I don't mind putting over Wardlow, but I'm going to put over, in this case, AEW. Because Punk, like it, love it, hate it, whatever, is a wrestling legend. In kayfabe, in reality, whatever you want to call it. He's on another tier than most of the other people we talk about. Like, I can get upset about that if I want to, because I really sports hate the guy, if you will. But it's a fact. So, yeah. Like, when that guy is part of your continuity and your kayfabe, I would still reference it. And, yes, he is now, he is broken down. He is on the shelf. He couldn't make it through an entire Royal Rumble. And sure, if you want to kayfabe it because Wardlow beat the shit out of him so bad back a couple of years, months, months, and months ago at this point, sure. Because it's a wrestling legend. It's not just like I beat up Darby and then sent him out of, out of town and then he showed up on NXT the next day. No, we were talking about a guy who was probably going to main event WrestleMania if not for this injury. Like... So, and this is where I, I will defend AEW because, yeah, the pot shots are dumb. Like, oh, uh, real glad. Like, I don't know. Just, well, you guys work safe. We work crazy. We're blah, blah, blah. We, they, they, you know, Vince McMahon jokes, this, that, the other. Uh, I have my thoughts on the real glass, but I'll save it for when you're, when you're done. The problem is, like, this is, this is something we all used to make fun of day, uh, WWE for. Because when WWE, when you would used to leave WWE or you were from outside WWE, if you were coming back, it was like you were coming back from Dimension X. or And if you were debuting, you were just from whatever city you were from, and here you are. And and then if you left and came back, we did not talk about what you did in the middle. We did not talk about your TNA or whatever that is, or even reference it. And we used to make fun of WWE for that, because there's a wider wrestling world out there. Again, this is not... Darby, this is not, you know, a random, you know, guy. This is CM Punk. This is wrestling legend. They sh- He's a former AEW champion. They should still talk about him. Like, it just reference in passing, especially because WWE doesn't own CM Punk, obviously. We know that. CM Punk owns CM Punk. But in any case, and also, it kind of pisses, like, I'm okay with, like, cheeky references and funny jokes and things like that like it kind of bums me out that roman reigns can't really you know dig in on the fact that he oh yeah by the way wrestlemania one time i stacked edge on top of daniel bryan why don't we still talk about that we just do we just do the stack and we we do the implication we can talk about the wider wider world of wrestling and the fact that it exists now Especially when they have, I mean, they've been showing that recently. But I'll come back around to settle with this. 
it wasn't a shot. It wasn't this dumb, uncalled-for shot against, like, oh, he sucks or anything like that. It's a, you know, obviously things didn't end well there. So I'm going to make a totally in kayfabe joke about your injury. And by the way, CM Punk has made multiple jokes about, like, you know, assaulting people backstage on Raw. And that has apparently been fine for everybody. But when, you know, we do something more in kayfabe and actually watch the show, like, like I beg us all to do, that's just too much for everybody, I guess. So I don't know. I, I, it all comes back to the core. Watch the show. And I'm trying to watch the show. And Wardlow's acting like I watch all the shows. Okay, man, let's have some fun. Let's pretend this stuff is fake for a little bit. I don't know. Go ahead, DJ. I guess for me, like I said, and I and I told you guys this, maybe I got deeper into my own feelings on it in my own head than maybe I should have, but I'm not going to walk it back because this has really been a pile-on effect of AEW and four years of taking it on the chin from these people. And their owner and their hardcore, vapid fan base has fucked that experience for me. So now every little thing they do ends up under my microscope, fairly or unfairly. You know, it's just that's where we are. And and, and I sit here unapologetic because that's where WWE fans have been for the last 15 years. You know, under a microscope and every little thing that WWE does that seems like it's a a slight at someone else, it's, it's thrown up online, it's put up on full blast, and we have to listen to it. And I guess I'm just at the point with my fandom where I am sick and tired of hearing about how, because I prefer WWE, that I am less cultured and less refined of a wrestling fan. You know, and from there, the the tribalism is where it really starts to just ruin the whole thing for me. And a lot of people, if you're sitting there right now listening to my voice going, WWE started it because Triple H made the pissant comment at the Hall of Fame ceremony, shut up. This started well before then, okay? AEW was founded the joke his friend. He was joking with his friend. His AE friend right there. was standing right there. His friend was standing right there. He looked right at Billy and said, look, he'll buy that pissant company. You know, that's pretty much what he told Billy Gunn. But let's stop with all this nonsense because that the tribalism started before then. Because let's not forget why and how AEW was founded. AEW was founded on the premise and the rhetoric the WWE had ruined the wrestling experience for fans. They had driven people away. They had ruined it for people. And AEW was going to bring those fans back and they were going to save wrestling from the evil WWE because WWE just took it all away from me. They ruined it for me and I need to believe in wrestling again. And then John Moxley gets up here and talks about how I want people to believe in wrestling again and I want wrestling to be cool and people not be ashamed to talk about it. Fucker. Wrestling has never been cool. It is a very nerdy, nerdy thing to do. And I am a nerd that partakes in it, okay? The rest of the world is laughing at us for even having these discussions, okay? There is an entire populace out there that thinks we're all fucking idiots for watching this. And they think you're even bigger idiots for doing it. You know, please, by all means, rekindle my belief in pro wrestling, John. Please rekindle 
suspend the disbelief for me, John, while the entire country is watching you cut your forehead open on live TV. Okay? Suspend that disbelief for me. Give me back your real wrestling that I'm supposed to believe in. Okay? Yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm full shoot hot about this because I'm tired of it. I am so sick of being apologetic for being a WWE fan. And the company, the company, this is the irony of the whole thing. The company that was supposed to save wrestling, that was supposed to make it better, was supposed to bring the people back, is actually actively ruining my enjoyment of something that I used to love. 20 years ago, I would have watched AEW sight unseen. Sight unseen. I would have been like, you know what? There's more wrestling on TV, and there's a couple guys there that I know. Let me turn this on. Let me turn this on. Let me check this out. The internet fucked that experience for me. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a WWE fan. Did they always get it right? Absolutely not. There was a period in time where I walked away, one, because I became a dad, and in 2005, there was a lot of shit going on on WWE TV that I didn't want my two-year-old kids seeing, okay? And then as we moved out of that era and we moved into a more family-friendly area, there was just a lot of stuff that wasn't for me. And I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? I need to take a break from this. I need to divorce myself from this because it's not something I'm enjoying. And that was perfectly fine. I walked away from it. And then five or six years later, some newer, fresher talent that I was interested in or might be interested in, I gave a chance. The Shield, the Wyatt family. Cody was still doing the thing with Dustin and Dusty. Dusty was still alive back then. NXT was slowly becoming a thing. There were things that I found myself interested in. But... Going back, there's a time when I would have just watched anything because it was wrestling. Didn't matter. I was a fucking pro wrestler, okay? And part of my training as a pro wrestler was to watch other wrestling, okay? It wasn't just WWE because back then WCW was still a thing. We watched New Japan. We watched AWA, WCCW. We watched Smoky Mountain, USWA. I had my hands in everything that was available, AAA. You know, anything that I could find that was wrestling, I watched. So, no, I don't want to hear the rhetoric of, oh, you just prefer WWE, you're an e-drone, that's the only wrestling you know. Fuck off. Okay? I've probably watched more and different wrestling than your average wrestling fan of my age. And definitely the ones younger than me. So, I'm just exhausted with all of it. Like... At this point, if you believe that Tony Khan is cooking up some booking wizardry in Jacksonville, can fucking congratulations, you won. If you think AEW has single-handedly saved wrestling, congratulations, you win. And this is not a knock on the talent, because there's some awesome, awesome wrestlers over there. People who I would love to see. People who I loved when they were in WWE. People who I would like to continue to support. But their fan base and their owner has fucked that experience for me. Please, somebody take over, because okay. I could go for another hour. Okay, let me, okay, let me jump in here. All right, because I, I agree with some with both of you guys on some things. Um, personally, I did not see what the problem was with the Wardlow thing. Um, I mean, he didn't even mention Punk by name, and he mentioned other people he had beaten, and he didn't mention them by name either. He just, but he he threw out some buzzwords so you knew what he was talking about, right? Um, you know, he threw out, you know, the he referenced the most dangerous man in the company, which is Samoa Joe, and how I choked him out. And he mentioned the guy who's better than all of you, and and you know it, and that and I beat him too, and that's you know MJF. And so, and then he when he 
got the punk. He said, you know, the you know so-called best in the world, so-called real world champion, because Punk was referring to himself as that. You know, the last few weeks he was there, <laughs> and he said, "I, you know, I beat him so bad. He, you know, he went back home, and and now he and he's still falling apart." Which I don't, I don't see what the problem is with that. Okay, I mean, I I don't. Um, I do think we can, and I'm guilty of this too. We can sometimes. We've been we've been fighting for so long that. You know the least little thing we see the least little thing and we when we pull the we pull the shotgun off the rack and start blasting okay and that's why i'm standing here like no no wait wait i'm standing in the orange vest like this is this one's actually kind of okay like guys we tell people all the time to watch the show well if you're a person who watches all the shows this does make sense and it's and, not uh, a slam on anyone so I'm asking, so uh, yeah, I do kind of see both sides of it. Good look, okay. Look, I I can't chastise anybody for, you know, again for for pulling the shotgun off the rack and start blasting. Okay, too too soon or or at the drop of a hat. Real quick, I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote a comic book. I'm gonna quote Captain America from Civil War, and I gotta because I'm old. I need some light here. Okay. So they're right. We're not fighting for the people anymore. It's look at us. We're just fighting. Yes. And, yes. And, and that's really what the Internet wrestling community has become. And yes, I'm guilty of it. Yes, I, I at this point, like I said, my feelings with AEW, its fan base and its owner have reached a fever pitch. And, you know, I've contributed my share of negativity because of that. Um, but and Rob, I'll let you finish. I didn't mean to take the show over from you again. That's OK. This is what we've become as fans and it's so frustrating because like i said you just a minute ago at the beginning of my rant we're all nerds here we're all nerds watching the same thing your wrestling is not any more real than my wrestling and why we continue to dump on one another online about it is mind-numbing to me because it's all stupid like, it really is. Like, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. There's a lot, like, there are wrestlers and wrestling styles that I'm not a big fan of. But somebody out there likes it. And that's okay. You know, And it's okay to like what you like. But why this need to get online and shame people for liking what they like is exhausting to me. And with the AEW, I guess for me, what it is, is it's... I. I I want AEW to be better. I want them to succeed. I do. I genuinely do. As much as I may shit talk them, I may shit talk their owner. I genuinely want AEW to succeed. But I want it to stand on its own. And now, to me, every thing that they do that even seems like they're taking shots at the at the at the other guy is now an annoyance to me because I'm like, you guys have yet to identify yourselves as a company. We're four years in now, and you guys are still not WWE while trying to be WWE while trying to remind everybody that you're actually not WWE because you guys don't like WWE, remember? And they, they just have not – they never grew past that infancy, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, I, 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 the, the, the – 
let's just have discussions with your friends, man. Like, talk about stuff, you know? And it's okay if you end up not agreeing to like, you know, certain wrestling and whatnot. But it's just, like, the exhaustion factor of, like, I don't know. Um, they, uh, it's what I've said at the very, very beginning. From the top down, they would rather have – it feels like they would rather have five fans who only watch WWE compared to 20 fans who watch – or only watch AEW compared to 20 fans who watch all wrestling or both. Or, God, yeah, God forbid, both. Because um, it's just yeah, – it's exhausting, man. Um, I want to like a lot of people over there. Uh, and I still tune in just for matches and stuff like that, but I don't know. It, it's it's exhausting. And then of course we all get fed out of shape the one time that I'm like, no, God, they're actually doing something semi coherent and kayfabe. God, my gosh, we we should have been praying for this day. You go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, I took the show okay. away from you. Oh no, 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 it's cool, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it does get exhausting and. And I do think, in some cases, like again, I think I think we can be we've got we've gotten to the point where we can be a little quick on the trigger now ourselves. Um, but I mean, it's also it's also exhausting when if you just try to point out, look, look, this particular thing. I don't know why 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 are they doing this? You know, why well, why did this happen? Well, you need to you need to go watch you know the big knee elite and it'll explain everything well i don't okay i don't i don't want to do all of that <laughs> okay i mean i shouldn't have to and if you say well i shouldn't have to do all of that then well you're not a real fan like guys okay i watch law and order every week you know every the, the episode is one hour and within the hour by the end of that show you, you, everything you need to know about the case and how it was affecting everybody working it and the victim and the perp and you get it all in the hour. They explain it to you. Everything they tell you everything you need to know in an hour. But just by you don't have to go watch, you know, CSI on, on, on CBS to find out what's happening on Law and Order on NBC, right? Um, you don't. And so yes, those of us you know I, I believe that if I'm watching this thing, I should get all the information I need watching the thing. I shouldn't have to go somewhere else. Um, and that's true for, you know, wrestling or television shows. You know, back when we used to buy CDs all the time, they had, you know, liner notes and they told you everything you need to know about. If you, if you were wondering, who played the backup guitar on the third song? It was right there in the liner notes on the CD. Google it, Rob. If you're wondering, well, man, these lyrics are sound very poignant, you know, and it, well, who wrote the song? It, it was right there in the liner notes for the CD. You could, I mean, you didn't have to go anywhere else to find out, right? And so I don't think it's asking too much to say, hey, this this show is on for two hours. And if you know within these two hours, I should get all the information I need about what's going on here, right? And um, you know, before we were talking to us before in our group chat, I brought up you know the the 
you know, The Fugitive, of course, one of my favorite movies. If you listen to the show, you know how much I love watching The Fugitive. And the scene after the train wreck where, you know, Tommy Lee Jones' character, Samuel Gerard, when he shows up on the scene with all of his crew, that, okay, in, in less than five minutes, you learn who he is, who his people are. You you see that the sheriff is dismissive of the whole thing and just wants to go home. You see that Gerard is dead serious about solving, not just catching Richard Kimball, but about solving the case, right, itself. You get all of that in fi- in less than five minutes. And in less than five minutes, you know exactly what's going to be going on for the rest of this movie. You know that, that Gerard is not going to brush this off so he can go home, that he's going to do everything he can to find Richard Kimball and to solve the damn case. And and you know that and you and you know that he's not going to put up any bullshit from anybody else, and you get all of that in less than five minutes. Okay, you get the the relationship between him and the and the rest of his his deputies, right? They just just a little bit of banter between them over those four minutes. You get all of that in less than five minutes. Over a, a movie that's over two hours, you get all the information you need about what's going what what's going to be happening. You get it in less than five minutes. Okay. That's okay. That's good storytelling. That's, you know, that's how, and that's what a lot of us are just asking, like, okay, you know, because they still to this day, they put people on TV in matches and it's just like, well, who's this guy? Oh, well, he's from, you know, he's, he's a big on the Indies or he was in, you know, in Rev Pro for 10 years or he was here for 10 years and like, okay, well, that doesn't help me. Why should I care? Right. Well, well, he can do all these. He can do all these moves. Well, everybody can do all these moves now. Watch like you're damn about him doing them. Right. Um. And and you know and that's and it's because you know why? Because listen, we don't have all day to do. do, I don't have all day to watch ten hours of you know New Japan and Red Pro and you know. GCW and you know what's the thing with a PWG? I don't have ten hours a day to to watch all of those things just so I understand what's happening. You know who? Just so I know who all these people are. They come on Wednesday. On my I mean, second favorite wrestling show, being general. I yeah. mean, so it's just you know I mean, and and, and so that's the whole don't Google it thing. This is what we're this is what we're talking about because. They are doing themselves a disservice because they are putting things on TV and not explaining them. And you are expected basically to do homework. And no other show, no WWE. Yes, sometimes they do too much with the replays and this and that and the other. Okay, but but they do that for a reason. Um, I'm the reason. I don't watch all of WWE's programming every week. Sometimes I'm two or three weeks behind, and I cram it all in before the big premium live event. So those those recaps help me. Yeah, and then because look, the old um, you know the old World Championship Wrestling, the, the old you know Jim Crockett Studio Show used to come on Saturday. All right, it was. I mean, they had jobber matches for the whole two hours, and but but it was you know basically centered around promos and. They would come out there, and here comes Jim Cornette the Midnight Express, and he would say, you know, okay, we're the best team in this in the NWA, and the Rock and Roll Express stinks, 
and they tried to start some shit with us and this is what happened and then they show a clip of what happened and then jim Cornette would start talking some more about and see this is what happened when you mess with us you know you could carry out on a stretcher um and and you know, we do that to them and we'll do that to the road warriors and we'll do that to the you know to the four horse and we'll do that to anybody that gets in our way and in a, you know in a, basically a minute of talking you see that okay well you, you see you see who the midnight express is you see who their manager is you see how they operate you see who they you heard who they don't like right and and so you get all of that and in a minute right um you know the horsemen would come out rick flair would talk about all the towns they were going to you know i'm you know I'm spokane and seattle and portland and los angeles you know and and then he's talked about, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. And, you know, he and so by the time he's done talking, you know where he's going next week. You know who he's fighting. And then and then he and he talked a little trash about all of them also. So, you know, you know what his issue with Dusty Rhodes is, you know, what his issue with Magnum TA is, you know, you know, I mean, and all that in a couple of minutes. You know, and he and of course, he and. The other horsemen, they would talk about, you know, their Rolexes and their suits and all of this stuff. So, and so in just in a, in a minute or two, you got everything you needed to know. It, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. And then they didn't have 50 video packages, but they just very, you know, they, but they gave you all the information you needed to know. Yeah, you knew, okay, should I like this guy? Should I not? Should I not like this guy? Should I root for the guy that he's? you know, beefing with instead, or is, you know, what is this guy doing? Is this guy, you know, acting in a certain way that I shouldn't like him or whatever, right? I mean, you you would get all of that every week and you get it all. So you could come in there, you know, completely, you could come in there completely ignorant about what's going on. And by the end of that two hour show, you would know who all the principals people were and who, who was fighting who and who, were the current champions and who was trying to become champion? You you would know all of that by the end of two hours, because you know. And so when we say they should do, you know, they need to do that. Your answer should not be to tell us. Well, you just need to go Google that stuff. Yeah, because it's getting in the way. And, and again, way. it wraps back around to what I said, you know, half an hour ago. You are the promotion for that company. You know, sell the non-fan on why they should tune in. You know, and Google it, don't cut it. So, yeah. all right. I think we can wrap this segment up, guys. We are going to go to commercial here in just a minute on the backs. But Jason, you got a thing? Muted, and I had one last little point I wanted to make. And thank you. I just got a timestamp. So, just for fun, I was like, What's a movie that's equivalent to wrestling, like wrestling level entertainment? And obviously, you know, it ain't ballet, it ain't Shakespeare. But I was like, you know, what's a great movie? Top Gun. Top Gun's a great movie. We got action. We got a little bit of romance. We got everything you need to know. And I was like, I know this movie like the back of my hand. So let's get to the point where you basically know everything you need to know. You know that Maverick and Goose are a couple of cowboys, although Goose is a little more conservative. You know that, that and you find out what Top Gun is, as in the Naval's, you know, top <clears throat> fighter weapons school. So you, I just got to the, the, the point where Stinger is sending them to, Ma- to Top Gun and says how you got here, 
why you're getting this opportunity because Merlin freaked out. We have all of the information that we need to know for everything we're going to do for the next hour and 50 minutes that this movie is on. It is 15 minutes and one second into this movie. Okay. Okay. That's that's it. You just got to have a little patience. Let the, Let them tell you the story. And that's just standard in fiction, guys. Why have we gotten so far away from that? All right, we're going to move on from this segment. I think we went a little longer on it than we intended to, but we had a lot to unpack here tonight. We're going to go to commercial. On the backside of the commercial, we are talking WWE Elimination Chamber coming at you very, very early in the morning for those of us in the U.S. from Perth, Australia. Before we go to commercial, I do want to invite you to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can browse, look at, peruse all of the chair, all of the t-shirts that are available from your favorite Chair Shot Radio Network uh, podcast, including this one, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Go check those out. Pick one up. Pick one up in soft style. Your body will thank you. Also, if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing on the Chair Shot Radio Network, please rate us, share us. Let, give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. This podcast is made possible by you. It's made for you. And it's made better because of you. And the feedback that we get from you guys really helps drive the show in you know the direction that it needs to go to continue to provide quality entertainment for you. And if we're doing it wrong, we need to know. If we're doing it right, we need to know that too. We do appreciate that. Again, you can find us on the chairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head. We are going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're talking Elimination Chamber. And we are back here again. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, WWE live from Perth, Australia, this Saturday, very, very early for those of us here in the United States. I can assure you this podcast host will not be up at 5 a.m. Uh, actually, I might be because I just don't sleep or sleep in. I might be, but I've also got a house full of people that I need to consider. So if I am watching it, it'll be on silent. But I probably won't be watching it at 5 a.m. from Perth, Australia, WWE Elimination Chamber. Uh, Jason's going to run down the car like he does. We're going to give some quick predictions. We're not going to get too deep in the woods on the matches, but we may discuss the card itself and its implications uh, a little bit more on the backside. Jason, the floor is yours. All right, so uh, we've got, uh, first up we have, uh, I think this is, thanks for coming, let's just pop the crowd match. Uh, the Judgment Day is defending their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship against uh, New Catch Republic, uh, that of course being Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne being, uh, having shed the Butch moniker, he is now back to being Pete Dunne again, the bruiser weight, which is uh Fun for him and exciting. So, um, but yeah, I look for this. This is just we're on the way to WrestleMania. Judgment Day is obviously going to uh, quote keep uh, excuse me keep those titles into WrestleMania. So, uh, DJ, uh, I look for a very fun match, uh, hard hitting. Yeah, Pete Dunne always a hard hitter. Tyler Bate awesome in the ring. Looking forward to seeing those guys mix it up with Finn Balor a little bit and Damian Priest. To be fair here. Um, yeah, but by hook or by crook, Judgment Day retains tag team championships here. You know, I can't decide who I want to see sell Tyler Bates' little look at my fist up in the air and then I jab you in the jaw with the other hand. Um, that that little semi-knockout punch. I can't decide who I want to see sell. It's got to be Finn because Damien's too tall for that shit. 
I think he could be like leaning over or something like that. That's fine. But because I thought they both sell like the quick done in just the perfect mixture of cartoon and actual realism. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Damien and uh, Finn there. Anyway, Rob, what do you got for the tag match? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Judgment Day and. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to editorialize it, right? Uh, Hunter, Paul, um, mm-hmm. it is time. It is time to split up the tag team. It is long. It is that. It's been long past time to split up the tag team belts because see, here's the problem, right? This match will probably be very good. It'll probably be again hard hitting and all that stuff like you guys said, but we know who's going to win, and there's no suspense at all, and it's kind of hard to get too fired up for it because there's again there's zero suspense here man and if if pete and tyler were fighting say the street profits for the smackdown tag team titles you know this would be a lot more interesting Um, yeah this is definitely a work rate nerd match and you're watching it for the bell to bell content yeah, and so... And, he, which but, is fine, by the way. Tables, titles, if these unified tactics stay unified and stay on Judgment Day much longer, well, I'm really glad that you went through all this trouble to put back, you know, Pete Dunne and uh, British Strong Style, put them back together, and, you know, we're going to have this great tag team run because if we keep those belts unified on Judgment Day... The day after they lose here at Elimination Chamber, come Sunday, come Monday, I don't know what to do with them. And it's been a recurring thing because, you know, uh, it happened with DIY. It happened with Creed Brothers. um, It happened with Street Profits. um, It's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, we, We need to split the belts up on her. And because... Right now, like you have like a dozen tag teams, and they're all literally like in the spin cycle. Uh, Rob and I will both be at WrestleMania when, when, if if night two closes, I don't care where the Universal Championship is. If the you if the tag team titles are still around Finn and Damian, Hunter would Rob and I will probably be waiting at the garage, just being like, we got to talk, man. And that's yeah. going to be an interesting Wednesday night on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast if that happens. Yeah, I, let me tell you, this, the the the, mon- the Monday after WrestleMania, we better see our truth and Miz handing over one set of those tag team belts <laughs> and keeping the other ones. Yep, and that's all I got to say. Okay. Yep, that's that's how this story ends. Actually, believe it or not, that's how it should go. And and, and you can make yeah. some silly skit where our truth does something our truth in. To hand over the one set of belts, okay? Oh yeah, you could do like a fake contract thing, or like where you know some team gets them signed over to them on SmackDown or something like that, and our truth just signs it or something. Or you could, yes, you can sell them like you're selling you T-shirts. Now. That to anybody <laughs> in about five minutes, and you could make a shirt about it. So yes. forget it. Yeah, Eat but easy, lemon squeezy. Um, so next up, we solved the tag team crisis. Everyone, good job. Uh, so uh, next up, we have the Elimination Chamber for a Women's World Championship shot against Rhea Ripley or, you know, her challenger later in the night uh, at WrestleMania. Um, so we, in that match, we have Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, uh, Liv Morgan, Tiff Stratton, 
Te- uh, Naomi and Raquel, the recently returned Raquel Rodriguez. Ooh, recently returned Raquel Rodriguez. How did I stumble over everything else with that? Um, so uh, I I have no idea. I I mean I feel like we should talk about the next match and how we think that's going to go because Rhea Ripley is defending her uh, championship against Nia Jax. Does anybody want to go further than you know? Of course Rhea is going to retain at the one yard line before WrestleMania in Perth, Australia. Well, I mean, come on, if you, I mean, it's obvious there. Uh, I'll just take this time to, to say thank you to as much as I criticize Hunter for things. I will say he, he did a very he, one of his better decisions was to bring back Nia Jax. She's uh, been incredible, man. Yes, and and she again, I will say again, she she woke up the Raw Women's Division because the, if we had had to go, she came back in September. If we had had to go to the last five months, the way the previous three or four months had gone in that division, oh buddy, okay, um, and so. Uh, you know, obviously, look, she she's not winning here. So uh, what Rhea Rhea needs to give her a big big spot to say thank you for extending my championship, you know, stamina all the way to WrestleMania. Yeah, for for making it interesting, uh, for keeping for actually for making it interesting. You know. Yeah. Um. So she should big spot for Nia. Yeah. But in, in as far as the chamber match, look, we all know who's winning. Okay, come on. Rob, who's winning? I want to hear him say it. I want to hear him say it. Who's winning? That the, the jealous backstabbing. Um, <laughs> resentful. Orange-haired lady. <laughs> well, her, her introduction was almost as long as Rob's is for the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's going to be... I. I'm probably the biggest mark for Becky Lynch on this show. I don't want Becky to win, and I don't think she's going to. I think you're if you're going to pull the trigger with uh, Rhea and Bianca, this year is the year. It's it. This is it, man. We're here. We're there. Let's do it. I'm sorry, and you can you can show. They're never going to get hotter. You can't run that risk that both of them are going to be this hot that soon. I'm that I'm not saying that again as a number. <clears throat> they're one of them. I'm saying that as a compliment to the job they are doing right now, currently, both of them. So you replay that clip of them as the final four in, or the final two or whatever in the Royal Rumble where they run at each other, they grab each other, spiraling through the air, and they're beating the crap out of each other. Like, yeah, you do that at WrestleMania 40, man. Uh, I think this is – I think we're going to go – and you could turn Bianca into the squeaky clean superhero. You know, she is already, but then you – Put her in the opposite corner against the princess of darkness, you know, as it were, with the judgment day, you know, and then she shines even brighter in that shadow. So, yeah, let's do the thing. If if I have to sit through Cody and and finishing the story and all that stuff and that superhero young man, well, then I should have to also sit through one for two people I like. So I like Cody and Roman. Stop it. Um uh, but anyway, uh, who didn't predict the winner here? Or do? Did... Well, Rob really didn't finish his thought. I mean, I, I made my prediction, but 
Yeah, well, I went on. Okay, but right. the only Go ahead. the only way. Okay, I mean, now they have been laying it on very thick. The you know, Becky and Rhea being what's going to happen. I mean, they've been they've been laying it on so thick <clears> that. It wouldn't, no, it would not. You should not be surprised if, hey, they don't do it, because again, they, they've been, they've been just, they've been sledgehammering it for the past month or so. So, to that end, don't be so. Yeah, I would not, I wouldn't be surprised if Bianca won, um, because. She now she's in the match. Now there's a question of if she's not if she doesn't win, how are you gonna how she gonna how are you gonna take her out of the match, <laughs> right? Uh, right, right. Um. So. Oh, yeah, it's either Becky or Bianca, obviously. Um, I guess the thing is, if Becky doesn't win, then what? Then what do you do with her at WrestleMania? They'll find something for her to do. The yeah. uh, they'll figure it out. The for the redacted redacted memorial battle royal. Don't forget that she could win that. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, but um, so we'll see there. Uh, but yeah, I'm well. I'm I'm gonna stick with my prediction until, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But okay, all right, let's go, Bianca. Uh, so last up, we have the uh, men's elimination chamber match for the World Heavyweight Championship match uh, for a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 40. Uh, so we have the Seth Rollins is obviously the WWE. Excuse me, he is the World Heavyweight Champion, um, and we have in the match Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Kevin Owens, and. United States champion, Logan Paul. Um, so this all boils down to, again, another shit or get off the pot, man, situation, because holy crap, if we got out of WrestleMania and Damian Priest still has that pump briefcase, like, it's fine if they have all new accoutrements, but all the accoutrements that they have right now need to be, need to be gone by the end of night two of WrestleMania. So I'm going to assume that there's going to be, they're either, I don't know if they pull something crazy and Seth's doing a promo in Perth or something, and we do that. Um, but I just cannot believe we get past WrestleMania without a cash-in. And that's that would be insane. So now you have to set the table. Who do you want on the other end of that cash-in? And who do you want to possibly win it? And who do you want to tell the story with in the meantime? Which, honestly... I could pick any one of these guys, and they're all really, really good. I mean, Logan Paul's kind of got his own thing going on. He's He and KO are going to go back. This will be the device that gets round two for them for the WWE US Championship at WrestleMania. So I think they'll, they'll split off there. But, I mean, sure, Drew McIntyre can be in the match when he gets cashed in on and Seth gets, you know, gets his comeuppance and gets cashed in on on a, a WrestleMania match and loses his title, and somebody else spins their title, his title above their head, round and round and round. Um, so yeah, th- again, it all comes back to the Judgment Day stuff is getting long in the tooth. Um, and I feel like, but we're at a great place where they could end all of them organically really well, and we could set the stage for what they're up to next. 
really easily. So let's take that opportunity and let's not dither here. Rob, as I've taken too much time on this, go. Okay, well, I was I was trying to figure out who I thought would win, and then I looked at all the people in the match, and I noticed that out of these six men in the match, five of them are SmackDown people. Yeah. And one of them is a Raw superstar, and that is Drew McIntyre, so I think that kind of gives it away. <laughs> um, because, the- I mean... Cody- Superstar, he won the he won the rumble. He chose Roman. True, uh, but I think in this case, given given that we're on given the circumstances that this this wasn't even supposed to be a thing, it was supposed to be Punk and Seth Rollins. Um, that I think the the the, the makeup of the field kind of gives it away here because Kevin and Logan Paul have issue with each other, and that's going to go on to WrestleMania some kind of way. Um. LA Knight has been beefing with AJ Styles. I can very possibly see AJ doing a run in here because LA Knight caused him to lose his qualifying match. Um, and that could that would take him out. So that's that's three down. Um Bobby has, you know, the 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 carrying cross collective <laughs> God. showing up to do, you know, to, to do things to him. Um and that could happen and that would take him out. So now that's what that's four guys out. So now you got Drew and and um, who's the sixth guy? Um, Logan. Sixth? No, uh, Logan. Yeah, Logan Ko. Bobby. Drew. Knight, Bobby. Bobby. There's one more. Um, Drew and oh, Randy Orton. No, oh, yeah. Um, Randall. Um. Again, again now, now I, I, I put Randy Orton in the same classification as I do Becky Lynch because you'll ask the question, if Randy's not winning this, what does Randy do at WrestleMania? They'll find something for Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Drew because, I mean, they've been, again, they've, yeah. been doing all, they've been doing all the foreshadowing um, that some kind of way is going to be Drew the match they've been they've been doing it again so unless unless they're you know setting it up to swerve us which i mean it's again it's possible because again they, they've been they've been hitting it so hard that you know it's almost too obvious um and if, if it's not drew it'll be randy like the, the other the other four guys all have a way to be taken out of the match or or, or a reason or method to be taken out um, Drew and Randy do not, so I think it'll be one of them. I think it'll come down to Drew and Randy in the final two. Yeah, and that also, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Prediction? Uh, I I think Drew McIntyre. All all roads are pointed to him, you know, beating Seth at WrestleMania, and then I would imagine probably getting cashed in on, which would be kind of dumb. But then again, it also kind of depends on where they're going with um. Judgment Day post WrestleMania. Um, I mean, I, I think he is now getting cashed in on in in a WrestleMania match. I think oh, shit, that would send this boy off around the bend. But that's part of his story. No, I and think. I'm thinking that is a good thing. Like that, this dude will yeah. take it to a whole new level. This dude will be tearing <laughs> up. You know, let's go. I um, could also see a situation where, hear me out. He beat Drew beat Seth, 
Punk comes out because Punk can't wrestle, but there's nothing saying Punk can't come out and do a run in, beat his ass, hit him with something, and then Priest comes out and cashes in and picks the bones. No, I think we might be we might we might be in failed cashing territory here, guys. Okay, oh. Rob, Rob's predicting a, a failed cash in. I mean, well, just oh, I mean. Bob, tell me a good reason why Damian Priest can't be world heavyweight champion right now. Uh, Aside from the tag belts. Let's the tag belts today. Um, I think... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Just the way they've been portraying him on TV the past month or so, it's like um, right now, I mean, as great as he is, they've been kind of making him look less than. I mean, less than Drew, less than Seth, less than Cody. Um, You know, um, I don't know. I mean, let's be well, I guess for me, it's just the fact that. And we talked about this before. Just there have been so many times where he should have already, because again, like I've said before, he has a he has a gang of people to come out there with him, and Seth Rollins is kayfabe and real really injured, and he just and he continues to walk out to the ring for promos and what have you, and he's been he's been left, you know, half dead at the end of some matches, and Damian has four people that can help him do this and they keep not doing it or they, or they tease it and then it doesn't happen. And it just kind of feels like, okay, guys, um, are we just not going to do this? Um, it's, it, to me, it's feeling like it feels like they don't know if they want to do it or not. You know, um, I think ultimately it leads to the shakeup and the breakup of judgment day. I think that's a plot point. Yeah, that's what. That's the only reason why I think it might be it might get a failed cash in. That's, that's I, think I think it's a plot point. Well, because it's going to be Finn versus Damian for the world title at some point, for the world heavyweight championship at some point. Probably. When Seth yeah. is out, they're going to feud over that, and you got the problem is there's there's such a crowded field at the top for that particular championship. You know, there's several guys on Raw that could take that belt right now. You know, and and believably run with it. You know. It, Cody, 
Shinsuke, Drew, Priest, even hell, throw Finn in the mix. Finn could believably be the world heavyweight championship, heavyweight champion, and you know people wouldn't bat an eyelash. So the field yeah. is very crowded. So it's not so much a, a, an idea that they've lost faith in uh, Damian Priest. It's that they're like, okay, we have all these options. Which one is the best option for the story that we're trying to tell for the next four to six months? And where does Priest fit into the scheme, grand scheme of that? Yeah, you just have to figure out like who is going to be the captain of the B team for the next six to eight months. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, do we have anything else on Elimination Chamber? Um, right. Okay, so question. Uh, all right, so this is the second pick review in a row. It only has four matches. Um, how are we, how are we feeling about that? Uh, they'll probably do a surprise, like, nothing match. I don't think it's going to be all of a sudden be Cody and The Rock versus oh, no. something like oh. that. I don't think we have any big surprises. And I also think The Rock is not going to show up. I well, think. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter already said that on uh, one of these. Yeah, he confirmed. He's like, I don't want to kay- – pretty much he's like, I don't want to kayfabe it. He's not there. Okay? You know, he's like, I don't want anybody speculating. He's just not going to be there. So. And yeah. so – I I'm okay with the uh, with the less matches. Um, it, it does mean longer, probably individual matches, which means the chamber matches are probably going to go a little long. Um, and they'll probably give that tag team match, given the participants that are in it. I would be shocked if that ta- the tag team championship match goes less than twenty. Like I would be shocked. Oh, and by the way, now. Definitely going to see Naomi doing something cool. Yeah. Yes. She didn't do the rumble spot, which I totally respect and everything like that. All right. Do your thing, girl. I want to see something yeah. cool. And because I know, unfortunately, you're probably not going to win it, but I feel like you're going to slot into a world title picture sooner rather than later compared to last time. And, um, and that, I, I don't want to, because we did, of the participants in the women's match, we did, we barely even glossed over Naomi because we went right to Becky and Bianca being the winners. But Naomi, again, is in an unfortunate and odd position of being freshly back with the company. And while, yes, there should be big plans for her, the next four months of, at least the next two months, if not four months of TV and storytelling have already been laid out. And unfortunately, she just didn't figure into that. So it's more of a timing thing than anything else with her that is why I didn't even consider Naomi as a potential uh, elimination chamber. Is she capable of winning it? Absolutely. But I just don't think with what they've got going on and her being literally dropped right in the middle of several major angles, there's just not a slot for her right now. Well, I also think... uh may or may not i i could see Rhea of uh, of all of them being the one to get out of wrestlemania with her title so no i don't want to burn off naomi's title first title shot in forever or whatever and just have her be the next victim for Rhea. no like okay have, find something else for naomi to do and then when when i can actually have a good run with naomi and have or at very least give her a good like run then we pull the trigger I think Naomi is the summer into SummerSlam challenger for Rhea Ripley. And so you think she, you think she's going to switch shows? Possibly. 
Have, have they have they definitely branded her as a SmackDown? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then never mind. I take that back. I I it's, I'm a little behind on some shows. I wasn't aware that they. Had, I thought she was still um kind of in the air as to which show she was going to land on. No, she yeah, so. the bus with the fam. Okay, all right, yeah. got it. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Now, see, I, I don't I don't mind her being in this match and not winning it. I guess when I've got irritated in the past is, you know, when they when they put her on babysitting duty, yeah, know, after something like this, um, and that's let let's not do that, okay, <laughs> let, let's not do that, let's not put her on babysitting, okay, I mean, let's just, let's just not, okay, yeah. Oh, if the pl- by the way, if the plan is for Rhea to lose the title at WrestleMania, I take back everything I said, and in that case, pull the trigger, yeah, let's do Naomi, why not? Um, well, no, I think well, no, reason I don't. Well, we'll get to that when it's time to talk about WrestleMania. But no, I, I do not think she's going to be losing. Uh, don't either, exactly. But I'm saying in the universe where the plan is that okay, we need to get the title offer. Great, yeah, Naomi, front of the line. Let's go. All right, all right, gentlemen. I think we can wrap up this episode here. What do you think? Call to go home. I have one more thing to say. Oh, go for it, Rob. Okay, because about that whole thing about about, about you know. Triple H saying that, that The Rock is not going to be there. We told you guys that. We told you that, didn't we? And we they told never told us that he might go. We told you that wasn't going to happen. You guys, you guys talked. You the, guys. the match. We don't even know if the match is going to be Roman, Cody, blah, 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 blah. But you all, you people, Rob, sorry to step yes. on your that's you okay. Can, you can let a few of these go. But you people told me that Roman Reigns and The Rock would have the biggest wrestling match in 30 years at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Saturday. <laughs> and 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 you know, and then when we when we when we pressed you guys about us, you brought up this idea that well the the, the sports authority in Perth you know, wanted The Rock to make an appearance, and they supposedly offered him all this money to make an appearance. The guy got $30 million in stock options from being from getting on the TKO board. You think he, you think he cares about your, you know, $400,000 appearance fee? <laughs> he's, really? he's, he's too busy sleeping on a bed of money like Scrooge McDuck. I mean, he's got, he got $30 million in stock from, from the TKO thing. He's getting, he's, you know, he's got more you know, acting gigs coming in and more products he's pushing and all of this. Do you really think you were going to get him to come there with, a, again, with a $400,000 appearance fee? Boy. Really? Or whatever, or even a million-dollar appearance fee. Do you really think he was going to come there for that? Really? Did y'all really thought that? That's what you thought? Really? All right. Let's call and go home here. Let's get out of here. I got one more work day ahead of me. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Uh, yeah. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to wrap back around the room here. Thank my co-hosts like I always do. Rob, fun show tonight, buddy. We got, uh, we got a little heavy here. Oh, we did. We did. We did. And um, so um, I guess we need to um, – oh, uh, speedy recovery to Shotzi. Yeah, know. man. I did, real quick, we talked briefly about Shotzi getting injured last week. I actually watched the video, and I told you guys in chat, man, how shitty is that? All the high-risk – crazy things I see Shotzi do on a weekly basis where I think, oh, crap, this is going to be the one. 
and she walks away unscathed. But then this, where she does a simple move and lands on her feet on the outside and blows her ACL, right? Yeah. Yeah, blows her ACL. Just absolutely horrible. Feel terrible for her. She apparently had successful surgery and is already, you know, starting rehab. So, you know, uh, hurry back, but don't force yourself back, Shotzi. Yeah. All right. And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, sir. We, we, we pulled out the hammer tonight, but you know what? I feel cleansed. Like, I feel like I purged some stuff. <laughs> and I feel like I got rid of it. It was a good old out with the out with the bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm gonna well, old Lang Syne. That's it's like the, we're still celebrating New Year's here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We're washing out the old. We're trying to let the new in, let the light in, and 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 to just squash some of the negativity, which I have admittedly been a part of. So we're gonna try to get the. We're just gonna. We're going to practice what we preach over here on the Minus Wrestling Podcast, and we're going to watch the show, the show being the road to WrestleMania. All right. Remember, everybody, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we are out of here until next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.